All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. And uh, we're having internet issues this morning, Pat. I think chiefly I'm having internet issues. My internet telling me that I'm unstable. And I don't really appreciate something telling me that I'm unstable. Chiefly. I like that use of that word. Hmm. I, you know, sometimes just weird words show up. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Chiefly. So, yeah. So, Patrick, what, uh, what Bible verse are we looking into this morning? We are done with the 12 week series on the Minor Prophets. <laughs> you seem yes. excited about that. Well, I have to tell you, the minor prophets are the most challenging for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was challenging. Uh, yes. So uh, maybe, maybe this next one will be really challenging too. I don't know. Yeah. I have we'll, no idea where we're at. <laughs> we're going to check out the last minor prophet, Haggai. Haggai. How oh, do you yeah, say that? Right. What, how do you, do you say that? Haggai. Haggai. Okay. We need to come up with a nickname instead because that's hard to say. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I can think of some bad ones. Let's think of a good one, though. Well, I don't know if bad ones really are what we're going for here. <laughs> uh, Hagee. Hagee. We can go with that, Hagee. Uh, well, a lot yeah, of people will get a Hagee. kick out of that because it, it, my Midwest accent comes out when I say that. Hagee. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna see if I can I can get my software here to uh, to tell us to blurt it, it out. It will. It'll tell. It'll give us a uh, a nice little a nice little understanding of it. Yeah. Um, Haggai. 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 You have to have the guttural sound on the Haggai part. So it almost sounds like hey guy. Like, hey guy. Hey guy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we can roll with that. Hey, guy. We'll go with hey, guy. Hey, guy. Yeah, hey, guy. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's open up to hey, guy, chapter two. And we're going to read this is short, short today, verses six through nine. There's a lot going on in six through nine, so we're going to unpack mm. it. I'll read it for us. It says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. The word of the Lord Almighty. Thanks be to God, the Almighty. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. We're wrapping up this Minor Prophets series with this little passage about God making some big proclamations. My thought for this devotional, Jamie, is that we discuss this passage and then we reflect on the minor prophets just as a whole, like a closing statement to wrap up this devotional. So yeah, let's dive okay. into this one. Uh, the Lord Almighty is talking. Always something to pay attention to when the Lord Almighty is talking. 
He says, in a little while, once more, I'll shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Okay, so big earthquake. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, I will shake. Hey, you know, have you heard someone say, hey, let's shake on it? And then they both just start shaking. And <laughs> no. Well, Seen that? No. It's a good, we should do that sometime, Patrick. The next time, uh, you know, you and I are talking, there's someone else and we make a deal on something and say, okay, let's shake on it. And then we just both, you just kind of both like tremble a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of a funny joke. It's a little bit of a dad joke. I'm that's not, okay, right? I'm not sure if we ever shake on anything. <laughs> well, in COVID times, you're not allowed to. So that would be the COVID safe shaking on something. You can both, <laughs> yeah. you can both shake. How come it's um, taken us this long to figure that out? I don't know. So God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. Now, have you been in any good earthquakes? Oh, yeah, yeah. I felt a few. Uh, you know, I, I, there's been a few earthquakes that have happened like on significant days. I think there was like an Easter earthquake and I think yep, there was yep. one on Thanksgiving as well. I don't remember those. I the ones that are like super significant, the ones where people go, Oh yeah. I remember the, the Easter earthquake of blah, blah, blah. I don't remember those. The ones that I have felt have been not very significant. Uh, but I do have memories of earthquakes happening. One time I had this giant, we, as a kid, we had this chess game. I mean, not chess checkers, different game. And okay. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. table size. It was huge. And the, we had geez, these huge pucks and I had them stacked really high and then an earthquake hit and they all tipped over like super crazy. So that's like what I do remember. That's like my most vivid memory of an earthquake. But I've, I've heard you talk about, I think it was the Easter earthquake before. Yeah. Yeah. The Easter earthquake that happened out in, I think it was centered in Imperial Valley, just, just kind of East of us. That one, I remember the lights flickered in my house because the electricity was like messed up. And so that flickered and you're like, what was that? And then the next thing, there's this like slow roll of an earthquake. And usually the further out an earthquake is, the, the slower the roll is, if it's a really big one. So I remember that one. And then when I was a kid, I remember the Northridge quake. I was in San Diego and it happened in L.A. And so we were far enough away, but it woke me up. In the middle of the night, I remember my my bed that I was sleeping in was like rocking back and forth like crazy. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, I woke up and I just thought, oh, it's an earthquake. So I went back to bed. Uh, but then the biggest one I, I was ever close to was in San Francisco in 1989, which was called the Loma Prieta earthquake. That was the one that stopped the World Series. Uh, there was a lot of destruction. And I was in a car when that happened. I was shaking around like crazy. I was in a van. It felt like someone was in the back of the van, like 10 people were just going back and forth, Whoa. like trying to get the van to like shake. Yeah. And uh, it's really unsettling when there's an earthquake, if it's a big one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it's kind of like what pinned on the most, like the ground being under your feet all of a sudden isn't. Yeah. And for me, it's also about, you know, items in like your house that you trust never to fall over. Like this, like book, huge bookcase behind me, it goes up to the right. ceiling. It's like you never think about that possibly falling on you. 
my, my whole time living in this house. I've never been like, you know, this thing might fall on me, but in an earthquake, that's something that you have to think about. It's like, you gotta like move out of the way of things falling. Yes. Uh, the Loma Prieta earthquake right after it happened, we, we thought, wow, that was really big. Let's continue going to the grocery store. Cause that's what my family was doing. And we got there and there wasn't a single thing on the shelves. Everything from the shelves had fallen onto the ground. Oh, it was oh crazy wow. looking. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It was amazing. I mean, that was a really big earthquake and it was pretty close to where we were at. Yeah. But it's disturbing, right? It's, 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 uh, it throws you off. So in verse, in verse six, right, this is what's happening. God is saying, I'm going to once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Cause that's all you have, right? You got the heavens, You've got the earth, you've got right. sea, you've got dry land. I'm going to shake all that. Uh, and in verse 7, I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah. Well, what stands out to me is God is going to shake the heavens also. It's like there's, yeah, a lot, I mean, there's a lot of disturbance to shake up the heavens, that's pretty significant. Uh, so all the nations and what what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. Kind of seems like there's a hidden message in that verse just a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it does feel like there's some secret language going on, right? Yeah. So you have to ask yourself this question, like, well, what is desired by all nations? Like, what do all nations want? Very well peace uh you know do they want to be in charge power like what i don't get it you know yeah um and then it says and i will fill this house with glory says the lord almighty so in my bible there's a little letter next to desired you know what is desired by all nations and it points to first samuel chapter 9 20 that says as for the donkeys you lost three days ago do not worry about them so I don't think we're talking about donkeys, Patrick, but <laughs> for some reason donkeys show up in this first Samuel verse. Um, as for the donkeys of lesser days, don't worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? So we're talking about this family line of David, which will end up being Jesus. Right. So like we're Christians, we believe in Jesus. We believe in in Jesus being Lord, being King, and we believe Jesus coming to Earth is the most important thing. Uh, that that was such a big deal, and that possibly, and we maybe you've heard um, Jesus be just remember where this is as the desire of nations. Um, there might even be a song where they say that desire of nations. Um, so Christ is this desire of all nations and why is well because this is going to put things right that aren't right yeah yeah and he's going to do that god is going to do that by shaking (laughs) now the way the the visual image that comes to mind when i read this is uh if you've ever been to the beach and you have a sand sifter you know you scoop Mm. up a bunch of sand and then you you shake it 
what is left is maybe some rocks or if you have a metal detector, you know, you, you hit, hit something that might have metal in it. You sift it up and you shake it. What's left is what you're desiring. This is kind of the image that comes to mind. God is going to shake the nations and all like false idols or uh, items or things that pull people away from Christ are going to be sifted down. And what's going to be left is only Christ centeredness almost. Yes. And so, yeah, God is like going to do this shaking and this shifting and then God's going to fill the house or the temple with glory. Yeah. Um, and, and this, in this time, in this minor prophet, uh, in this particular one, this hey guy, uh, minor prophet, what's happening here is they're rebuilding the temple. The temple's been destroyed and they're coming back and they have the chance to rebuild the temple. And so people are thinking like, oh, you know, the temple's going to be rebuilt. We're going to get this figured out. And when they rebuild the temple, you, you can see here, verse eight, right? God's saying, the silver's mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord. Um, because when they build the temple, there's supposed to be like an amazing amount of silver and an amazing amount of gold that is built into it. Yeah. And it even says in scripture that there was, there was so much gold used in the building of the temple that in Solomon's time, um, silver was almost like not that valuable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because it was so common. It was so commonplace. It's like, well, silver is like trash compared to gold. And there's so much gold here that, you know, silver is kind of losing its its value uh, because of how much gold went into the temple that Solomon built. So they're rebuilding it. And God is saying, hey, the gold's mine. The silver, it's mine. And then verse nine, you want to read that, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this place, I will grant peace. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. And I think and God what's is... what's cool too is, is here's what we do. Know. No, go ahead. There's a delay, so... <laughs> go ahead. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sorry about the internet, friend. Um, what... Uh, What's cool about this is that in something that is interesting is the second temple that was built was not as fancy, was not as significant as the first one. It didn't have the physical glory that people would expect. Um, you know, eventually it would get built up more and more and it would be, I mean, it'd be an amazing building, but the people who are building it now, they're not going to see that glory. They're not going to see it. So the glory that is being talked about here, God is saying it's going to be greater than the first one. But I don't think God's talking about silver and gold and big buildings, right? He's talking about something deeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's talking about uh, people's faith. Um, that's kind of how I read it. Um, people yeah. giving their life to Christ almost. Yeah. And, and God is going to be, you know, God, the temple of the Holy spirit we know now is ourselves. Yeah. Is, is the church, right? God chooses to dwell in us and we're not filled with gold and silver, uh, but we can keep the glory of the Lord, which is such a cool thing. Right. Um, and then God also says this in this place, I will grant peace declares the Lord 
Almighty. Yeah. yeah. And that's and the word for peace here is is shalom, which is a word that maybe you've heard before. And it can mean like peace and prosperity and success and welfare, uh, friendliness, deliverance, salvation, even uh, is, is shalom. So God is going to provide all this peace for the people. And he's going to do that through the family line of David. And he's going to do that through Jesus, not just from a building, uh, but through a person. Right. And I, I think, you know, to bring this into the present day, uh, the glory in verse nine, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Uh, we have experienced the glory of Christ in a new house since March worshiping online. Uh, I know my house, it hmm. does not look as magnificent as the church sanctuary does at least where like our church is, but the glory of the Lord is still present. And uh, maybe and maybe not in a greater way. I don't know if I would go as far to say that, but in a definitely different way. And that just goes to show that's not about the silver yeah. gold as the building itself in the building itself or how big of windows you have or how tall the, the sanctuary is or how many different uh, screens you have or color lights on the stage, but it's actually just more about the people. Even now we gather and worship outside. And outside worship is great. We're in God's beautiful creation, but it's from a visual perspective, it's not like a, a beautiful building, but from a faith perspective, it's still the We're still like glorifying God, even though we're not inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of cool too, you know, and, and we hear through Paul um, that each of us is like a brick of the temple. And when we gather together, it's like the temple is being built with people and God's presence is not just in each brick, but is also in the collection of us coming together. And that's such a cool idea. Um, yeah. We are all together. And so, yeah, this is a great thing. I think a good word for us in this is that if the temple of God is, uh, is in you, if you are the temple of God now, God says in this place, I will grant, peace. Um, you can have peace because you have God with you. So yeah. uh, that's such a good thing, especially in times right now when peace is not, doesn't feel very settled, but God will give you peace. Yeah. Amen. And this is the ending of our Amen. huge uh, study of the minor prophets. We started this whole extravaganza on October 28th all of the minor prophets on October 28th. So wow. we've been, we've been hammering them out for a while here. Uh, very, very exciting. Some were more exciting than others, but I think that the one we did last week, which we thought was going to be our worst and our shortest turned out in my opinion to be our best. And it was our longest. So it just goes to show wow. that the yeah, word. Yeah. The, the word of Christ can even like, it can work in unexpected ways, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think too, you know, the, the theme of the minor prophets for a lot of them is things aren't going well, you know, it's like yeah. things are going bad and not everything's where it's supposed to be. Everything seems a little out of place. 
And so, you know, right now in our, in our, our world, things seem out of place. They're not where they're supposed to be. This isn't regular time. This is like kind of messed up time. So what's cool is that God still speaks. Yeah. God doesn't remain silent. So we've gotten to hear from the Lord in, uh, in this time through these minor prophets. And um, yeah, it's been encouraging to be in them, Pat. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for checking out today's devotional and sticking with us as we finished up the Minor Prophets and you'll hear from us again soon. Mm-hmm.